Where does the value lie in the Ravens receiving core? Will 2017 be the year of Ebron? And why aren't FFPC players drafting Joe Mixon higher? Plus 2016 FFPC $2,500 auction league champ John Rozek joins the show to talk about the players he wishes he would have gotten more of in drafts so far this season, what his pros versus Joe's strategy will be, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Thinking of a master plan. Cause ain't nothing but sweat inside my hands So I dig into my pocket all my money spent So I just deep up, still coming up for lint So I start my mission, leave my residence Thinking how could I get some dead presidents I need money, I used to be a stick-up kid So I think of all the devious things I did I used to roll up, this is a hole up, ain't nothing funny, stop smiling, you still don't nothing move but the money, but now I learned that. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. I don't like to dream about getting paid, so I dig into the books of the rhymes that I made. Thank you so much, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all of you Balkaholics and Gerzak and addicts tuning in tonight. Welcome to the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, presented by MyFFPC.com, right here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I'm your slightly above-average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is indeed the patron saint of fantasy football, the Dizzle Dave Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, what running back is the one you want to own in Indy this season? How solid a second-round pick is Jay Ajayi? And John Rozek, a.k.a. the Champs, drops by to talk about his $12,500 win in the FFPC 2500 auction last year, how good Christian McCaffrey's production will be as a rookie, and a bunch, bunch more. Shout out to the chat room right now. Feel free to post any questions you all might have right in there if you want to connect with us on Twitter. The show is at HSFFHour. I am at Eric Balkman, and Dave is at David Gerzak. You can post on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash HSFFHour. If you want to chime in, give us a call, 347-426-3682 is the number. That's 347-GAME-OVA. You can also send your questions into the show at the inbox, highstakesfantasyfootball at gmail.com. Now is the time to get those questions and comments to us. Our producer and mutual friend Rob, our audio engineer Bryce, doing their best to get them all to us in our fantasy feedback segment later on in the show. It is, uh, what are we coming up on? Uh, 87 days, Dave, until the regular season starts. This according to a Facebook post I saw by a premium user tonight. Uh, so very exciting. Less than three months, and we'll uh, be watching football for real. That is pretty exciting. I'm actually uh, I'm really starting to get into it a little bit. Does it seem like we're 87 days away? It seems like we're further away. Like, what, you know, we do this show all season, you know, you know all year long, right. and it seems like it always sneaks up on me. Even though, like, I, I talk about fantasy football every week, it seems like it sneaks, sneaks up on me. Yeah, we're still, in the, we're still getting into the heart of summer, so yeah. you still have another... I don't know, maybe a month or so of the doldrums, I guess. But people are drafting. Drafts are going off. Also. Yeah, yeah. They are. Going to be too, uh, you know, I know you're going to go with all the promotional, play all the stuff. Yeah. That'll be coming up. Oh, it's a good transition into uh, what we have going on at MyFFPC.com Great. right now, Dave. Everyone uh, go to the bathroom now. Dynasty startups going off. Satellite starting at $35. Uh, of course, um, we have uh, Superflex, DEs, Classics, uh, a bunch of stuff. Football guys drafts going on. 
We got a bunch of those in the books already. A bunch more scheduled this weekend, of course. Football the football guys have been really busy. We were talking about that before the show. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's been popping, as the kids say. Yeah. Uh, the main event is also scheduled for uh, the uh, opening weekend and the weekend before once again this year. And uh, we hope you can come out to Planet Hollywood and uh, draft live with us. It will be uh, very exciting to be out there. Been emailing with some new players who've never been to Vegas before that are coming out this year, so it'll be exciting for them. Like ever. No, like for the FFPC. Uh, They've been to Vegas before and never drafted live, so it'll be very cool. And John Rozak, our guest tonight, will actually see him in Kentucky when uh, we're going to be drafting live, so that'll be awesome as well. We are, we are old pals with the champs. We are, and the uh, there's a lot of fresh blood in Kentucky, a lot of fresh blood in uh, in the FFPC this year, too, so it's uh, it's very exciting. Hey, it's Father's Day weekend. Oh, yeah, that's right. And ah. and we, what? So, uh, my wife was out of town. I asked you my dad something still. So. Oh, okay. I already took care of that. We're, I guess we're on e-gift card level now. That's where I'm at. Did I, did I tell you what I got my dad for uh, Father's no, Day? No, you did not. A collarless, a, non, a non-hoodie, like a sweatshirt, like a long, like an old man sweatshirt. Does, collarless? Does, yeah, like, collar- no, 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 collarless Wait, is bad. Is that a cardigan? No, 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 sorry. It, 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 is, it is not a sweater. The buttons? It is, no, it is a sweatshirt, something you would wear for jogging. <laughs> Doesn't have a hood on it, like a total... No zippers, no buttons? No zippers. And it's, Pull, a pullover. And it's got a picture of Columbo on it. Remember Columbo? Oh, yeah. Peter yeah. Falk? Yeah. And it says, ju- he's saying, oh, just one more thing on it. Okay. My dad's a huge Columbo fan, and he picked this out. He's like, I, I really hope I get this for Father's <laughs> Day this year. So I well, got it for him. Good, yeah, good, so good. he's very exciting. All right. Um, so uh, Father's Day weekend but what I, is what I wanted to bring up. Uh, Father's Day weekend, we have a promo going on right now with the FFPC. For any $250 league you purchase, DE, Superflex, Dynasty, Classic, whatever, anything you purchase this weekend be by midnight on Father's Day night, Sunday night, uh, we're going to give you a free $35 league. Now, if you want to use that for yourself, great. If you want to put it in your dad's account or maybe your son's account, uh, if you want to draft with him, uh, draft against him, whatever it may be, uh, that is our gift to you, all you dads out there, and, and, and non-dads. I mean, you don't have to be a dad to take advantage of this. Current FFPC players, new FFPC can players. Women, can women do it? Women can do can it, too. Jules, Jules McLean can uh, she Jules McLean, I would be offended she, if she didn't take advantage of this. Right. Yes. Kimmer Schlisher, another one. We're not, so we're not, we're not uh, sexist at all. No, we're not. Okay. We're, that, with, with regard to that promo, we're not sexist. Right. Yes, normally we are in yeah, real I mean, life. I mean, totally. Yeah, yes. Otherwise we are. Um, but yeah, in regards to this promo, we're we're actually going to put our personal agenda aside <laughs> and uh, let uh, women did, participate. Did you hear about this guy who was on the board of Uber? Speaking of sexist, he got in yeah. huge trouble. Huge trouble. Yeah. Did you hear about it? Yeah, he uh, he uh, resigned. Yeah, did you hear what his comment was? No. So it's, it's, it's I guess typically there's one woman on the board of directors or something of that nature. And then someone said that you, someone there was some mention that if another woman gets on the board, if one woman gets on the board, then another woman is likely to get on. And he said that just leads to more talking. So everyone got all up in arms. Yikes! That that he commented that yeah. you know, women speak more than men. Yeah. You know they actually do speak more than men. It's not, it's not that big of a deal. All right. Okay. And, but Moving I mean, it's on. Not, I'm just saying it's like it's not that big of a deal. I don't even think it's that insulting. No. I mean, guys are. Neanderthals, we don't talk that. Yeah, I'll be honest with you. Like, uh, you uh, people get so offended. But I don't think that's very offensive. Who do you know who loves the sound of his own voice than me? Right. Okay. I, I I'm at home. I would much rather listen to my wife and my daughter speak at <laughs> nauseam about whatever they want because their voices are so mellifluous on the show or uh, not on the show, but in real life. Right. Uh, that I just uh, I would much rather. I listen to them talk. It goes, uh, goes for women uh, in general. So moving on, that is our Father's Day promo. Uh, remember to uh, register for all those leagues we have going on at myffpc.com. Let's get into it. Football guys, Real World and Rob 
Thanks to them for putting together tonight's rundown. Josh Katzenstein of NOLA.com reports that Mark Ingram wants to be even better than he was during his career best year of last season. Even with the Saints adding Adrian Peterson to that backfield, Ingram actually believes he can be better than last year. Uh, Adrian Peterson, Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, all competing for touches. Uh, if you listen to the Football Guys Audible last night, uh, you heard oh, I some. Missed it. Yeah, you. Well, actually, it's okay if you missed it because Sigmund Bloom has a great article at FootballGuys.com regarding uh, about how many top twelve and how, uh, how many top sixteen running back performances there were by team last year. And surprisingly enough, the Saints had a bunch of them. The Saints are very good, despite being a backfield by committee, running back by committee, whatever. I guess all backfields are by committee. <laughs> despite being a running back by committee, they actually churn out some pretty good running back weeks from week to week. Now, the issue with that is... Some, from week to week, okay. Yeah, the issue with that is it's great for a DE if you got all of them. Right. You got to pick one of them. It's, it's sort of like a New England Patriots light situation where you're not sure uh, which guy you're going to start from week to week. So, Dave, I'm going to pose this to you. Or none. You look... Exactly. And this is the question here. You look at where these uh, Saints are going right now. Mark Ingram, 5'10". Adrian Peterson, 609. Alvin Kamara, 1210. Any value in any three of those spots with those Saints right now, with those Saints running backs? Or are those the type of guys that you're actually going to stay away from and look for some, some other value in those rounds? Yeah, I don't know how interested I really am. I, I'm definitely not interested in Adrian Peterson. I think his career is finito. Um, I'm with you there, man. So I just don't really have. I, Kamara seems relatively cheap, I guess, but, you know, with that many. with. Ingram and Peter Peterson's not gonna be there for third downs. So I don't know. I mean, does it make does it does it like get you more excited for Kamara knowing that I mean he probably will be the third down back in in a pretty elite offense. Yeah, I mean we don't know for sure that we don't know that for sure though. I, I know they're talking about how he's getting all these catches and so right. on. Um, I don't know. I mean, I, I guess Ingram I, I'd have a, a little bit of interest in if Ingram fell into the mid six or whatever, and I didn't find anybody else I like, I would I would take a look at him. I think he's, he's in a the problem with Ingram is you don't even know for sure that he's going to get goal line because you don't know exactly what Peterson's going to take. Yeah. It's too much. I mean, to me, I'm not interested in it because there's not enough year-over-year consistency. So it's like, why do I have to mess around with the situation? I'm probably just going to pass. Yeah, you would pass. Because two people are going to screw this up. Yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, okay, a couple of running backs going right after um, Mark Ingram. C.J. Anderson, you'd rather have Anderson than Ingram? Yeah, I would, actually. What about Carlos Hyde? Um, yeah, I would say Carlos Hyde, I, I don't mind because I could grab Joe Williams and not that he's pretty cheap. What is uh, he like 12? Joe 11? Williams? Yeah. Let me take a look. Let me check here, Dave. <laughs> As, uh, sounds like our watchmaker. Yeah, that's kind of what he sounds like. 13 8 right now. Yeah, for that's, Joe a, Williams. that's not a bad combo. I mean, granted, they're not going to score a zillion points. But right. It's a better, you know, they're going to do better than last year. Um, last one. Um, would you rather have um, Mark Ingram or Spencer Ware? Um,. I'd probably take. I'd probably take where. I would still go Ingram there, um, for for my money. But I, I, I mean, I get it. Uh, and then uh, just. I, I'm very concerned about where though. I, I think I'm interested in Kareem Hunt actually. So I'm interested. How do you how do you see that splitting up? I, I mean, I, is, do, is, I think where is a non-pedigree back, and that they're interested in in getting giving the job to someone they think is better. And, and they think Hunt is better since I, they I, traded up for him. I, that's my opinion. Yeah. That they think that he has a potential to be better. I, I don't think they think where is. They think where is pretty pedestrian, in my opinion. This will not be a 50-50, 60-40 split in your mind. This is more of a situation that it'll be like 75-25, 70-30, something like that. So, for, for well, I'm assuming for Hunt. No, I mean, it's not going to happen that way out of the gates. Absolutely. There's no way. 
So to start the season, it is closer to a split, is how you foresee this. And then no, Hunt- I think I mean probably probably unless there's an injury, I would think that Ware has the job to start the season, and we'll see what happens. But I think that Hunt is what is Hunt going probably in like the 11th, 12th, 13th. Uh, I wanted I, so again, he's cheap. You don't, you don't yeah. draft Hunt, think he's going to take the job. Eight oh eight oh three right now. Okay, so that's so. pretty early. I mean, yeah. that's pretty early. And so, Spencer Ware going in the sixth. I think Ware was having some injury issues, wasn't he? I mean, I thought I thought I read something. Yeah, I, and I mean, again, we're going to see. We have training camp where these beat writers are actually seeing these guys every single day. We're going to have some preseason games. But if you're drafting right, sore, sore hamstrings, missed two practices. Okay, but if you're drafting right now, you'd be more likely to take Hunt in the eighth than than Ware in the sixth. Uh, yeah, probably, okay. probably. I All guess. right, moving on. Actual some actual news this week, Dave. Jeremy Macklin. Found a new home in Baltimore. According to Jamison Hensley from ESPN.com, he's expected to be the new slot receiver with Mike Wallace and Rashad Perriman lining up on the outside for Joe Flacco. Now, Jeremy Macklin, last season in Philadelphia, 1,300 yards, 10 touchdowns. Probably not going to happen this year. But can he he hit 1,000 yards with, like, let's say, 75 catches in this offense as the slot guy this year? It's possible. I mean, if Perriman's a bust, which is totally possible. I mean, everyone loves Perriman, but I mean, who knows? It suck. Let me tell you, well, I'm going to interrupt you for a second here. Please do, actually, because I don't really have... I mean, you don't have a strong, strong opinion? Okay. Here. Okay, I'll give you a pretty strong take on Perriman. The Ravens hate Perriman. <laughs> I mean, honestly. I think they love him. They keep on trying to, you know, give him playing time. But they keep bringing in other guys to take him off the field. I mean, Jeremy Macklin's Macklin another guy. Macklin's taking him off the field. He's keeping him on the field. He's a slot. Okay, well, okay. When you're on, if you're Joe Flacco, and you have the opportunity to throw in Mike Wallace, Jeremy Macklin, Rashad Perriman, Who's the, drawing the short straw in that offense? I think it's Perriman. I think Macklin and Wallace are the guys to own in this yeah, offense. Yeah, you're probably right. Um, so the way I look at this, and you yeah, know what? Unproven bald guy. We don't have to get into it a whole lot because I think we have – we got an emailer this week actually emailing our, our guest specifically to hear what he has to say. But for me, I like Wallace. I like Macklin. Not so much on Perriman, even though Perriman's going after those guys in drafts right now. Yeah, I'm not that excited about any of them, but yeah, Wallace. I don't mind Wallace too much, I guess. Um, CBS4 Indianapolis's Mike Chappell, or Chappelle. I don't know how uh, he pronounces it. Not in Indianapolis. He expects Frank Gore to remain the Colts' workhorse Neither running back this season. Company. What? In Indianapolis. Go ahead. Know. Okay. <laughs> Chappell acknowledges Robert Turbin, and maybe Marlon Mack could or even uh, help uh, could, could or even will help with the running back load. But uh, Frank Gore, despite being uh, a young 67 years old, appears to be the guy once again in that backfield. You look at Frank Gore, Dave, going at the 706 this year, and you expect that he's going to be the man. Seemingly doesn't get hurt. I'd, I'd be looking at him in the seventh round. Why not? For, for a starting running back on an elite offense? For sure. Why, I mean, everyone, all these people pissed away early second-round rookie draft picks on Marlon piece-of-crap Mac. Yeah. My opinion, he amounts to nothing as a player this year and going forward in his career. When Gore retires, they'll draft a guy in the first round or second round. You guys wasted your early second round pick on him. You should have drafted anyone else and done much better. So good luck with that. I think he's garbage. Turbin's obviously garbage, so it's Gore. I mean, okay. And Gore, what, Gore was, what was he, the running back 13 last year? Uh, yeah, I, I thought he finished in the top 12, actually. Whatever it was. Yeah, like it's, 11 or 12. He's, I mean, but the problem is he's only getting like 12 points a game. Right. So, He's Mr. Consistent, but like yeah, Mr. Well, high floor, low ceiling. 12, 14 points a game. But every once in a while he'll pop out like an 18 or 19. But that is what, that's, but, what, that's what an RB in that range gets you. But otherwise you're drafting someone at the 204 that gets the same amount of right. fantasy points. Now think about this. How many owners would have killed for their, to get 12 to 14 points per week 
from their second running back last year. Running backs have been decimated over the last two or three years. Frank Gore, seemingly, you know what? In the zombie apocalypse, Frank Gore is the one guy who's immune to it. Yeah, I know. He's the one guy that like you want to make sure that you're hanging out with, you're bunking with them, you're bringing them food, you're keeping them happy, you're telling them jokes, because he will keep you alive in the zombie apocalypse, and he will keep you alive in the running back apocalypse, which he is doing for fantasy owners right now. Frank Gore, in the seventh round, if, if you're telling me I, I can get 13 points a week, let's just say, and I'm not going to get very much more than that, but I'm not going to get very much less than that for my second running back, totally happy with that in the seventh round. I'm not drafting as my RB1 there, my second running back, so I'm fine <laughs> with that. Uh, moving on, Tampa Bay Bucks GM Jason Licht said suspended. Doug Martin, uh, looks like the Doug Martin of 2015. This uh, was a story on NFL.com oh, these today. These guys are really, like, puffing them up. Yeah, well, everything has been really good uh, coming out of uh, the Tampa media and out of the uh, Buccaneers uh, headquarters uh, all the way back to voluntary workouts. Uh, Jason Licht says he looks lean. Obviously, there's no contact in the spring, but it looks like he's finishing his runs. Uh, it looks like he's got that burst. So Doug Martin coming into his sixth season in the NFL, also going at the 706 in drafts right now, Dave. So you look at Frank Gore and Doug Martin, you have a choice there. Which one are you taking? (laughs) Because Doug Martin clearly has the higher upside. Frank Gore is definitely going to be more consistent. And I'm going to, well, just tell me who you think, and I'm going to share something else. I'm interested in both of them, actually. So he's suspended, what, three games? Three games, yeah. That's what I was going to bring up. Does that suspension change? No, change it all. I would, I would probably take, um, <laughs> as much as I like Gore, I might, uh, I might take Doug Martin there. You might take Doug Martin? With suspended first three games? Yeah, I still, I, I, I actually like both of them. You know, the other great thing is, too, it's not like Tampa drafted or signed anybody that could pen, potentially take the job away. They have Rodgers and Sims and Jeremy McNichols. Sims gets some third down work. No, but I'm saying, like, in those first three weeks, I can't imagine any of those guys being so awesome that, Doug Martin is. I can't see McNichols being that good. Yeah. They like him, but. So, by the way, Gore was RB12. Yeah. Um, and then he was an RB20 in a points per game basis. <laughs> so he, thir- he averaged 13.5 points. That just shows you, you know, there is. Still, there, still, a, still, a, still a top 25 running back. There's something to be said about a guy yeah. who shows up every week. Yeah. You know? I well, remember Wayne Ellis was laughing at Kurt yeah. about five years ago about yeah. how old Frank Gore was, and he took him in a PE. Um, and I think Kurt might have won that league, possibly. Who, who, who's, who's the famous quote that that's attributed to? Half of life is just showing up? <laughs> I don't know. Somebody said that. Like, half, half of life is just showing up. I can't remember who said that. Chat room. I was just trying to make a joke about somebody who just showed up his whole life, but uh, I couldn't. I don't know. We have John Rozak showing up just on the other side of the break here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Last thing I want to get to before we get to John. Kevin White back to full speed, according to the Chicago Tribune. Now, Kevin White has been, this will be his third year in the league. He's missed 28 of 32 possible games since he was drafted by Chicago. Fractured left tibia, fibular spiral fracture, and severe ankle ligament damage. That's a lot of big words. Trying to work on aligning his stride, spending months doing that. Uh, But it looks like in minicamp, he's running at full speed. Teammates uh, got excited after he sunk his hips and exploded out of a curl route in practice. One route! Hey, listen, the fact that... The no, fact well, that he's been able to demonstrate to do it, I think, is, is interesting. And I'm not hey going to... Hey, guys, watch listen. this. I'm going to run a curl. Oh, okay, man, that's amazing. Okay, listen. What if, what if you're seeing a guy who was paralyzed for 10 years, work his way back, and you see, big deal, he took a step. Who cares? <laughs> he took a step. It's the same thing. This guy hasn't been able to do anything on the field. He's running curl routes now. That's exciting to see. Quadriplegic get out of his wheelchair and taking the first step. He's going to walk again. Listen, when Kevin White did that first curl route, it brought a tear to my eye. You son of a gun. You know, it brought a tear to the eyes of all the Bears fans who are trying to 
they're praying at the 20% chance that this guy is not a colossal overage bust at the place he was taken in the NFL draft. Right. Well, you know, the place he's being taken in FFPC drafts right now, I'll just hop on the train again. I like it. 1306 for Kevin White. That's, that is 1101 for Cam Meredith. Ridiculously late, actually, for both of those. I'm not going to name the name, but a, a, a person who has been on the show um, several times uh, was in a draft this week, and uh, we, we were talking about it, and he's like, look, and he drafted a pair of Meredith and White. He's like, this is insanely cheap. I'm going to keep doing this, yeah. uh, you know, uh, until these guys' draft values go up. Yeah, Beaker's not that bad of a quarterback. He is not, and uh, we have a fantastic uh, guest coming up right on the other side of the break here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football oh, Hour. 2016 FFPC auction champ John Rozak joins yeah. us. Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. My name is Eric Balkman, and he is Dave Gerzak. Uh, this is uh, the HSFF Hour's uh, portion of the show where we bring in the guest. Let me introduce him now. Uh, he is a longtime High Stakes Fantasy Football veteran uh, who we actually get to see in Kentucky each year. He's already been uh, inducted into the Toyota Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. He's coming where up. Where is that? It, I want to go, go to the Hall of Fame. Where's Toyota? Is that Japan? Well, they're out of Japan. Yeah, but that's have, probably where the Hall of Fame is located. Either, they have U.S. manufacturing facilities, so don't worry about buying a Toyota. You're not, you know, buying Japanese. You're, okay. It's okay. All right, I got it. Well, listen, he's coming off a big $12,500 victory in last year's, thank you, FFPC $2,500 auction. Be competing right on these airwaves in about one month in the 2017 FFPC Pros versus Joe's competition. Nice. Please welcome into the show the owner of the Champs franchise, John Rozak. John, welcome to the show, man. Hey guys, how are you doing? You're awesome to have you on, buddy. Yeah, this is uh, this is great. This is a good uh, Kentucky primer. Is we're you know whatever, however many we're two months out of that, but this is good to have a uh, two some, months till poker. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it'll be months, it'll yeah. be a lot of fun. Poker Anything and, uh... at the buffet. <laughs> yeah, it's plenty of food. <laughs> two months from calling all of uh, Ron Meyer's bluffs of the poker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. John, uh, listen. Uh, tell uh, tell all the listeners what you what you're doing for a living when you're not playing high stakes fantasy football. Uh, I'm a uh, partner for a CPA firm uh, in Chicago, so work with numbers all the time. It's uh, it's refreshing to know that John, despite you living in Chicago, your NFL fan allegiance lies elsewhere, does it not? Yes, I'm uh, from Wisconsin, so still a diehard Packer fan, and that's not going to change. Uh, God bless your heart, John Rozak. How, how do you still have clients? Whatever. I bet he hides it all when they come in. It's under his desk. Yeah. All those little mini helmets. Yeah. The, the, the Favre jersey gets, uh, <laughs> get, gets uh, you, you know, temporarily misplaced uh, in, his, uh, in his office. I know how it goes. Yeah, I have to do that with Kanye West. Packers screensaver they don't like. Yeah, exactly. That's funny. All right, John, we're going to talk fantasy sports. Let's talk about my boy, Christian McCaffrey. His dynasty stock went up this season. Uh, what are your expectations for him in 2017? Is this a player for redraft that you'd be grabbing at that 3-4 turn? Um, I think I like his upside this year. I think he's a uh, player that we definitely have to watch during the preseason, kind of uh, see how Carolina's going to use him. Um, I think he's definitely got the talent to be a very productive uh, PPR running back. Um, I guess part of it's looking at where Carolina really hasn't used uh, the running backs in that role that much in the past, even though they really haven't had anybody. So he's definitely someone I'm looking at, uh, 3-4, and I think he's, by the time we get out to uh, 
Vegas, and that he may end up be going uh, much higher than that, depending on how his preseason goes. Yeah, it's it's interesting you bring that up because uh, you're right. I mean, Carolina has not thrown to their running backs uh, a whole lot, and yet they draft guys. And Dave is going to um, jump on me for for bringing up Curtis Samuel in the same sentence as Christian McCaffrey, but they they bring up those guys. It's maybe there's a phil- maybe there's a philosophical change in this offense. I mean, the the fact that you don't. If you don't throw to your running backs, you're not going to draft Christian McCaffrey unless you plan on throwing to him. So I think that there will be, there's got to be some sort of change there uh, where McCaffrey's skills are, are being put to use. But you're right. I mean, we're going to have to see how this thing shakes out in training camp and, and the preseason. I, I think that he, uh, he makes a good choice right now at that 3-4 turn, but John hit the nail on the head. I think he goes up. He's a possible ascendant candidate this year, Dave, oh, Christian McCaffrey. Don't, would, wouldn't you agree? <laughs> I, I would agree. Hey, Rosak, do you, so do you, you, in preseason, are you watching to see a – if Cam's throwing the ball like 15 miles an hour or like 45 when he rockets it out on the, <laughs> the flat. Uh, I think more yeah. just throwing it to actually uh, see if he can complete a pass to McCaffrey or not. <laughs> I can't wait for the first time he like rockets it off his helmet and it goes flying up way in the air. You know, the great thing about McCaffrey <laughs> is he's, he's so skilled with his body. He could probably take a 45 mile an hour pass right to his like gut and then just make like somehow contort his body to use the momentum of that pass to carry him all the way to the end zone. So I look forward to that. Uh, John, congrats on the, uh, on the big 12,500 win in uh, the 2016, 2500 FFPC auction. Uh, what do you remember uh, about that league last year? As far as like maybe some bids that, that really helped you seal the deal or, or maybe a waiver wire acquisition, uh, because it's always interesting when you, when you're competing in an auction league, uh, you know, against, such good competition at live in, in, uh, in Vegas. Uh, what do you remember about that league and, and how were you able to come out on top? Uh, yeah. And I just, I think back on that one, it's uh, a very tough league. I mean, there's a lot of uh, veteran auction players that are, are playing in there. Um, I guess kind of what I remember from that is I ended up going very wide receiver heavy um, in that league. And probably one of the uh, biggest things they had, I was lucky to draft uh, Jordan Howard for a couple or two bucks early on. Um, when I really hadn't had much of anything else at running back, and he probably is well, the, the main reason that I had uh, pick up there. And then I also think I remember I got Andrew Luck for a very cheap price, uh, like seven or eight dollars, which I think helped round everything out. And then a little bit of luck during the playoffs. Yeah, so with quarterbacks in auctions, isn't it true, John? I mean, like, <laughs> Super especially cheap. FFPC, it's like. <laughs> Oh, the best guys like seven bucks and then people and you get them and then you're you're kind of pissed right you're like oh god I just wanted Robert's order for two dollars <laughs> that's seven right, bucks I can't yeah, spend yeah. on Mike Wallace exactly. now yeah there's seven bucks going <laughs> what were you, were you you were probably yeah, happy that's though pretty looking, much the case uh, even afterwards seven, I was like I was you know sort of upset I'd spent that much on a quarterback but <laughs> at the end of the day it's worth it what we usually do in in Kentucky is we'll take a guy like. Usually it's not luck because but don't say we. This is you and Leroy. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's true. Leroy, and myself. <laughs> we'll we'll grab someone for, like Brady for like let's say seven dollars. Or say luck. Andrew Luck like you did last no, year. Luck, well, Luck will usually go for more, but some. So we'll take like a guy like a Brady for seven, and then we'll be bidding up a guy like Luck, and then we'll get him for twenty. So then we'll spend twenty-seven, and then I'll be, I'll be telling Leroy, "Hey, dude, that that's okay. That's all right. That's an okay number." Yeah. So here's, it's not okay. but what happened last year, last year it was luck and then you're bidding up Roethlisberger and you got both luck and Roethlisberger, yeah. but it ended up working out for you guys because luck and Roethlisberger both like kind of missed yeah. different times at different times. You always had like a health, despite drafting or buying those guys, you was at a healthy uh, stud um, quarterback to start every week. Anyway. So let me yeah, ask you about, uh, day, Usually you guys don't stop at two quarterbacks in Kentucky. You usually get the three or four. <laughs> 
Well, you got to get the backup. <laughs> you got to get the backup. <laughs> so let me ask you what the, um, the Jordan Howard actually for the two dollars was that like a was that one of those late ones where someone else threw them out there where they're trying to sneak them in and you know they're like uh, Jordan Howard a dollar and then you're like two like to try and you know get <coughs> get them really yeah. late. Uh, yeah, it's probably three quarters of the way through the draft or so, and not much money left. But yeah, it was like an instant two. So it was one guy that I wasn't necessarily very high on him last year, but you know he was one of those guys, you know, fly guys that could turn out. So yep. it worked out. That's awesome. I love it. See that that's those late little like sniper picks like that. It's like one, two. Like you're waiting on that guy to get nominated, and you don't want to nominate him for a dollar because you know someone's going to go two on. Yeah. All right, let's talk about Eric Ebron. Do you think he's actually going to take a big step forward this year, or do you think it'll be just another uh, typical Eric Ebron year? <laughs> yeah, actually, I thought last year was the year he was going to take a big step forward, and I think, yeah, at least he was fairly productive, and certainly uh, it turned it up near the end of the season. I think he's got the opportunity to. I like him this year. I think he's going to take that step forward. Um, I guess I kind of want to see in the preseason year to see if he's, you know, got some uh, glue for his hands or anything since he likes to drop a lot of balls. <laughs> um, but if he can do that, <laughs> he can hold sure. out of the ball, you know, kind of like Adam started to do. I think he definitely can be a, uh, have a breakout season that we've been waiting for for you look three at, years. You look at that Detroit offense and, and honestly, I mean, we, we, I, you know, Mia culpa. I said a lot of the same things here about the Lions' offense last year, but you don't have Calvin Johnson. You have Marvin Jones, who like we didn't know what he was coming into to Detroit last year, and then he started off like gangbusters, really tailed off. And Galladay's a rookie. Yeah, he had like two good games, and then he sucked. Yeah, I mean, so, so the opportunity's there, and, and it's not like Stafford is an incapable quarterback. He can get Ebron the ball. So I, you know, if he doesn't come through this year again, I, I think it's 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 on him. Now we're now we're talking. This, this is the year. We're talking about some cleaner level stuff after 2017 if he doesn't come through. Six year breakup. Yeah. Brandon Lloyd type stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I'm in Chicago and I'm used to waiting till next year. <laughs> so true, right? Yeah. Uh, John Rozak is our uh, guest tonight. Uh, the winner of the uh, $12,500 first prize in the FFPC. $2,500 auction last year. And, John, you've been very active in 2017 as far as drafts go. You've drafted a bunch of DEs at the FFPC. Have you found yourself missing out on any players that you wish you would have drafted, guys that you thought maybe you could wait another round and they got snaked on you, or guys that you look at your draft board afterwards like, boy, I, I missed that guy again. Is there anybody that uh, that you feel like you've been missing on? Um. Not in particular, probably one guy that's been going early that I haven't gotten just because of other guys that have been around there is um, Allen Robinson, who in a few of these drafts is kind of falling to that mid to late third round, which I think is a is a good value, but I haven't found myself being able to pull the trigger on him at all because just the, the other receivers and everybody else that has been sitting there. But I think from looking back at some of the earlier drafts, he's probably one guy that stands out. It seems like he's going a little bit lower than what I would expect him to go. He's going right around Demarius Thomas, Keenan Allen, Jarvis Landry, uh, those receivers right now behind the likes of Cooks, Baldwin, Hopkins. I'm still a little, you know, for as many people as we've talked to on this show and, you know, in real life uh, about DeAndre Hopkins and Allen Robinson, I think the, com- the comparison between those two is pretty obvious because they were guys that were drafted very high last year, first-round picks last year, and both disappointed um, massively. Then you look at the um, the guys this year between Hopkins and Robinson. I haven't really heard anybody talk about, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm back on Hopkins. He's going to rebound. He's going to be great. Um, but I have heard a lot of people say 
Allen Robinson. I think he's going to come back at this, you know, 2016 was an uh, aberration, and he's going to be more like 2015 Allen Robinson. Yet Robinson is going, like, a round later than Hopkins. So the fact is, like, people still are believing, you know, by their draft board, believing in Hopkins more than Robinson. That, that's just peculiar to me. John, are you a believer in Hopkins? During the quarterback situation, too, it's actually even more peculiar. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, John, are, are you a believer in Hopkins also bouncing back this year, or don't you see that? Uh, I would like to. I'm definitely a believer in his talent. It's the quarterback situation that has just been so bad last year. Um, I think just where he's going, you think he's the nail on the head, going in that mid to late second round, there's just enough other receivers that have the same upside that he does. It doesn't necessarily have the same you know, downside risk that he does, so I would take most of those guys over him. But I do think he can bounce back. It's you know, He's got to have just at least you know even bad quarterback play to have a good year. I think part of it's because Hopkins is a more trusted player as, as a wide receiver because he's had he had a, you know, another another year of performing well. Does yeah. that sound right? Yeah. Well, Robinson had the one breakout year, and then last year wasn't so good. And they're like, well, is it Robinson's fault? Is it Bortles is a drunk or you know an idiot or whatever? Maybe the maybe the upside of the unknown with Deshaun Watson is contributing to it a little bit more because we kind of know what Blake Bortles is. You know what I mean? Watson's not expected to start, but are we just assuming he's coming in in week I, four or two? I think that's one? what a lot of people think. I, th- I don't think I don't think that anybody who is drafting Fred, Hopkins. Fred Savage, Fred Savage yeah, I, yeah, listen, yeah, what, the Tim, Wonder Years, Tom, whatever, whatever his yeah. name. Is. I don't think anybody who's drafting Hopkins that high expects the Texans, who traded a, a lot to move up to get Watson. I don't believe they think that Tom Savage is going to be long for that job. Especially well, the way we've seen quarterbacks treated in the NFL the last few years. On June 14th, DeAndre Hopkins specifically said Tom Savage has earned the starting quarterback job. But don't you have to say that at this point? <laughs> I if like Bill his O'Bri- leadership. If O'Brien is married to, to Savage starting week one, I think you just get the whole team has to get behind him. Otherwise, it's, you're what talking do you, about what do you think they're fracturing the locker room. You think it's going to be Watson throwing that 49-mile-an-hour slider? <laughs> um, I think Watson definitely has uh, – more talent in him. It's just a matter of how quickly as you pick up that offense. I think it's one they might give it to Savage to start the season, and we'll see Watson by, you know, week five or six. You know, why doesn't a head coach just come out and say, look, Savage is, you know, he's got a little more experience, but, I mean, we know he pretty much sucks. I mean, we know he sucks. You can't so, you can't. So Watson's that. probably going to start pretty soon, but, I mean, from now is this guy. Yeah. I, listen, I think there's ways that, that, that coaches already say that. If you read between, when's the Texans look, buy? I mean, honestly, isn't that, isn't that the first thing we should look towards? That Watson comes in and starts the week after the buy? Well, their buy's week six. Okay, well, Watson's probably starting week seven. You know what I mean? So, something like really that. It's really interesting if, if like, right, give him a little bit of time to see the pro game, see live action going on, and you know, get that little bit of the game experience before throwing him out there. Yeah, there you go. We'll see. Like what were you going to say about Trump being an NFL That'd head be coach? Interesting if, if President Trump was an NFL head coach, he would actually he'd tweet about how much you know Savage sucks. <laughs> oh, Savage would be. Was, he's like had like ninety <laughs> yards of that. He's like, ah, Tom Savage sucks. He's not playing anymore. Yeah. We're putting Watson in. So I want to apologize to all our yeah. fans. But like, but but he would be pimping up Tom Savage like before the <laughs> before season. Before the game. Yeah, before the game, you'd be like, oh man, Tom, Tom Savage is the best quarterback in the NFL. Believe me, like I would not, he would not be starting for me if he wasn't. By the way, week seven is the Texans' bye week this year, so week eight, Deshaun Watson. All right, ship it. Week eight. <laughs> let's talk about the Patriots. Let's talk about the All Patriots. right, let's. Have, we're going to talk about a good team finally, the Patriots instead of these sucky teams. Rob Gronkowski, Brandon Cooks, or Julian? I'm now cheap Edelman. Uh, who do you think the big winner is going to be in the Patriots' offense? Uh, Tom Brady. 
<laughs> no, I think looking at the uh, the receivers on there, I think it's going to be a bit of a crapshoot week to week. I think um, Edelman's going to be the most consistent one. Um, he's probably the safe guy from week to week. Um, I do love Cooks in the offense. I think he's going to have some huge weeks because everybody also thinks he's going to be very consistent and put up some, you know, one or two t- catch type weeks, which, you know, which make him, might make him a little bit more difficult to start, you know, in a regular like the FFBC format. Um, on there, but certainly I've drafted him in quite a few draft masses because I think he's a good fit for that because you take advantage of, I think his good weeks are going to be really big weeks. And I think Gronk is, will be Gronk. I think he's going to get his thing. He's going to get hurt for part of the season. Um, but while he's in there, he's going to be, you know, a top producing tight end. Rob Gronkowski going at that one, two turn right now in FFPC drafts. You see Brandon Cooks. Usually going off the board at the uh, 304, or so says my data. And Julian Edelman actually been climbing up a little bit, Dave. Uh, he is now has, has an ADP in the uh, fourth round, the 411 for uh, Julian Edelman now. That's interesting because in a, in a regular PPR league, Gronk goes at the 208 and Cooks goes at the 212. So they're very close in yeah. a regular regular old PPR league, yeah. which you should never, one of those, never play. One of those meat and potatoes PPR <laughs> leagues. Nobody cares about anymore. It's all about the zest of the TE premium. <laughs> zest, I like that. That's we, a good word. Well, we have much more zesty conversation coming up with John Rozak. We do have to get to a break right now, but this is Eric Balkman, Dave Gerzak, talking to John Rozak, the 2016 FFPC $2,500 auction champion right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour rolls on here this mid-June weekend. I am Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, the Dizzle, the patron saint of fantasy football. And joining us on the airwaves tonight, we have John Rozak. He of the Toyota Fantasy Football Hall of Fame and the 2016 FFPC $2,500 auction champion. Talking uh, a lot of uh, stuff about the Patriots and the Texans uh, before the break. I want to uh, get into something that John will be participating in uh, at the end of July, which is the annual 2017 Pros versus Joes. John was selected as a Joe, and we're going to talk right now about the strategy that goes into this. Uh, John, you've done a lot of DEs already this season, so you kind of have a good handle a good feel of how these drafts have been going you've actually been in pros versus joes before this isn't uh, your first rodeo as it were uh going against five other joes and six industry pros in your league this year how much does experience your previous experience count for in this contest as far as gaining advantage uh over those other five joes and six pros uh, yeah i guess i look at it as you know obviously the five joes are gonna be and they're also very good players so it's they're always very challenging drafts that are in there. And I do think the experience does help out, I think, only uh, in the matter of working with the, uh, the draft experts and kind of having a little better feel of when certain players go, kind of typically, you know, when quarterbacks start going off the board, knowing, you know, when you need to start taking those, when, like, for defenses and kickers. So I think that's kind of the advantage that you have is just kind of getting a feel um, for typically when those players start going so you can kind of, get ahead of the runs. I think that's, uh, for people that don't play them that much, it can get kind of, you know, surprised by some of the runs that can happen in the, uh, the draft expert type leagues. He's a landmine, Dave. Rozek, the landmine in, uh, in the, in the, in the uh, pros versus Joe's this year. He's just going to blow everybody up. Nobody's going to see it coming. You know, I got to say, I, I love, I love 
drafting in DEs with John. It's just it's so much fun. It's, it's you know, it always seems like you could be because it's so fun to see who's going to take. Yeah, and you guys, um, you and Kurt, of course, our friend Kurt. We you, always compete. We're always competing with him. in the um, Kentucky draft experts, right. and that's you know I'm usually doing another draft at that time. But I can tell you that the loudest league that's going on in the ballroom right. at that at that at that point. And John will back the <laughs> John will back this up. It is it is the cool league. Right, the cool league. Yeah, I think it's, it's kind of the same, at least 10 of the 12 guys every year. So it's almost like a quasi-home league, so everybody kind of knows each other. Well, and John, we, we, we do kind of, you know, because they have the, the KDS, so we we try to, you know, we don't, we don't end up next to each other all that often. Unless it's on accident, unless we're both being cheap. Otherwise, it's like, oh, he'll he, like, oh, I'll take the three, I'll take the ten, I'll take the ten. How, how do you determine that? How, do you just draw numbers out of a hat? To, to, oh, that's to the right. KDS it is, it is because you can't you can't use your bidding dollars. That's right in DEs. That's, oh wait, this is more like that. We do that in like the big payback usually. That's what it is. For what? Yeah, or I mean, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The draft masters isn't. It's just you get an yeah. assigned spot and that's it. That's oh, right. Okay. That's right. It's a big payback where we somehow don't end up next to each other. Yeah. Times. Yeah. You get listen. You get you get it's a, all six. Keep the two. Fix it. Keep the two sticks of dynamite on the opposite ends of the draft table. That way, the teams, you know, eleventh and twelfth place teams aren't right next to each other. That's right. That's yeah, that's that's, uh, that's a good way of uh, <laughs> of looking at it, I guess. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about my boy. Actually, is this your boy? He might be. I'm starting to really He's like him. Your yeah, boy. he might. I'm starting to really like him. All right, Leonard. Wait, is, is, there's a question here about T.J. Yeldon. There's words it is might a, get cut. It's Yeldon might get cut. This I didn't know. Well, let's. I'll have to ask the question. We'll is, figure it is out. Is Ford at the Jags back to invest in early this season, or is there sneaky value in adding a pass catcher like Chris Ivory, or possibly <laughs> soon to be cut T.J. Yeldon later on? Yeah. MJD. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think it's one where it's probably going to be value in both. I mean, obviously they drafted Fournette to be the main guy, and I think they're going to feed the ball 20 times a game. Uh, it's a matter of how well does that offensive line come together. Um, he can catch the ball, so, I mean, he might be a sneaky source getting a couple of catches a game. So I definitely think that Fournette's going to be the lead back. But I could easily see Yeldon, if he ends up making the team, being that, you know, a sneaky guy you can take later and, you know, can get you that 10 points a game where, you know, you fill him in if you're going, you know, wide receiver and tight end heavy to start the draft. That's interesting. This, this, yeah. I mean, it, yeah. There, there is value uh, in, in both of them right now because Yeldon is going so late. But if he does get cut, and I just verified this uh, with a Jaguars uh, beat writer, I got a lot of news by osmosis, and that one stuck. Yeah, four days ago, um, saying that he could Yeldon could be a surprise cut. This is a wasn't this second round pick two years ago for that? Yeah, sometimes it doesn't work. Out. Sometimes it doesn't work yeah. out. But man, I'll tell you what. If Yeldon is cut. Ivory and Fournette, I, I think, are much more close to each other as far as skill set goes. Oh, come on. They're, like, their type, the types of running back they are. When did, when did uh, Ivory get drafted in this year's? Okay, draft? okay, not, not, talent, not talent level, oh. but the way they play the running back position. I'll tell you this, Dave. Tell me. Chris Ivory is not going to be playing any third downs <laughs> if Yeldon gets cut, which oh, no. means Fournette might be a true three-down back, and oh, my goodness, if you could That's get – That's they drafted him fourth. Yeah, I mean, I'm talking – Whatever, whatever they drafted no, him. It's fourth, fourth yeah, yeah, it's fourth overall. Uh, I'm telling you, that okay, could he'll be end up being a first-round pick. He, yeah. he, he could be right now. He's going in, in FFPC drafts, the 306. 
So the middle of the third round, you can get Fournette right now. This is, listen, this is the reason you should be drafting right now. Like John Rozak, smart people like John Rozak are drafting right now, and they're getting insane value on guys like Leonard Fournette going in the third round, who could be a first-round pick. We talked about Christian McCaffrey. John's been drafting him. He could be a first- or second-round pick as we get closer to Vegas. So that's my impassioned speech. You're very, you're very, uh, the draft early, draft often. You are very passionate. And we'll have you on the show in December when you're cashing a $250,000 check and say, Balky, I'm so glad you told me to draft in June. <laughs> John, let me ask you another thing about Fournette. Did you find it? I, I thought this was kind of interesting, so I'm going to kind of make a statement and then ask you. I, that he lost weight from the, you know, the combine to the pro day. It was like 12 pounds, and, you know, pretty much because they said he was a little bit heavy at, at the combine. And then at the pro day, he wanted to come out and show he could catch passes, and he was like 12, 15 pounds leaner. He was able to adjust his body that, you know, that rapidly. What do you think about that? I guess makes like that, well, how much of it was truly fat to begin with, and, you know, if he can't go back and want to drop that quickly on there, you know, was he all that dedicated to begin with? Because, you know, he was hurt a lot during college, which, you know, is one of the uh, his big question marks coming out is, you know, can he stay healthy? And, you know, maybe he wasn't putting in as much effort during college. That's true. Maybe, maybe he had those cankles. Maybe he did. I don't know. Maybe he had too much Advil, the, you know, a couple of days before. You know, Advil makes you retain water, like five pounds of water. I read a story on ESPN a while back. You know Ron, Ronda Rousey, the UFC fighter? Yeah, I know. You know she cut 17 pounds of weight in one day. One day. Wow. I'd love to see their kidneys at 50. Well, I would not, you know, they, because they will probably not it's look just, that all, great. It's all water. Uh, I, don't know how, I don't know how you cut, even with, like, wearing those, like, rubber suits or whatever. Yeah. That's just something else. That's not healthy, I'll tell you that. Uh, John, we got a couple of emails uh, from listeners uh, this week that uh, I wanted to uh, read for you. Uh, I shouldn't say we got more than a couple, but only a couple of good ones. Once again, emailers letting me down. Uh, who do you like best among the Ravens receivers now that Macklin signed um, Ma- uh, him? I was trying to assume it's Macklin. Wallace or Perriman, congrats on the auction title. That's Mike in Brazelton, Georgia. Uh, so you have uh, Jeremy Macklin. Now, I'm assuming... The data that we have is, is a small sample size since Macklin signed with, with the Ravens, but he was going at the 9-11 uh, in FFPC drafts. Mike Wallace, the 10-06, Rashad Perriman, the 12-02 right now. So where does the value lie in there uh, if you're going to draft the Ravens receiver, John? Yeah, that's where I got big up. Actually, Perriman was a guy that I had been drafting uh, quite a bit early on that I actually liked to come out this year um, when it was looking like it was just to be him and Wallace as the starters. Um, seems like he had finally gotten to the point where he's going to be healthy and you know, at least seeing them gotten good talks or everything during training camp. Uh, so he's the guy that was leaning. So now it's Reese signing a Macklin. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's another one here where you kind of have to look and, you know, see how the, you know, it shakes out during training camp. I think Macklin's probably going to stay in the slot. So Perriman could probably stay outside with uh, Wallace and long-term. I definitely like Perriman, but, It'll be a little bit interesting to see how they uh, shake things out for this year. I think it's going to be interesting, too, to see how drafters react to this Macklin signing. How far up are they going to be picking Macklin um, you know, than they were before? How far are they letting Mike Wallace and Rashad Perriman fall? So the reaction of the actual drafters is going to be very important uh, because that's you know, a big part of the value as well. Uh, next email, this is from Russ in Feather Sound, Florida. Uh, hi, John. I have the 109 pick. In my FFPC draft tomorrow, I am looking at either A.J. Green or Michael Thomas in the first round. 
but what do you think about adding Jay Ajayi as my number one running back in the second? Thank you for the email, Russ, in Feather Sound, Florida. So the 109, he's going with Green or Thomas. Okay, that seems right. Uh, would you do go with, uh, is Jay Ajayi a good early to mid-second round pick in, uh, in the FFPC format, John? Um, I'm not a fan of Ajayi at all. Uh, and he came on strong last year, had a couple of huge games. They're on there. Um, but I, I don't know. He's just not a guy I can get uh, behind this year. And I know he had the injury history coming out of college. Um, or, yeah, coming out of college, coming out of there. Um, but he's just one of those guys I can see being that, have a great first year and then have a disappointing second year. So he's definitely a guy I think I'm shying away from um, in at least some of the drafts early this year. Uh, there's other guys that are there in early second round that I'd probably rather have running back over a giant. He's like the anti-Frank Gore, you know, where, where Frank Gore shows up every single week, J.J. And this week, maybe I'll rush for 200. And next week, how about 36 yards? How bad the defense are playing against? Yeah. Ooh, pretty bad. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I almost see a Sign lot of, like, Doug Martin bills. going into his second year. That's right. It is that you know, he had those like couple of great games his rookie year and then, you know, went very high and then disappointed greatly in his second season. Dude, um, John, are you afraid of – what do you about Jordan Howard as a sophomore stump? Do you think he's a candidate or not really? Uh, yes, I also agree with him. <laughs> Another one there, I think he they fed him the ball lot last year because they didn't have much else going on with the offense. Um, when he had produced, I think it, even if that offense improves at all, I, same thing with him, I could see him having a, uh, a down year in year two. See, that, that, I think that's an area where I – that's a, kind of a weakness, a blind spot for me. Because there is the sophomore slump happens frequently with running backs, but I'm a kind of a hyper hypey type guy, hyper and hypey. Yeah. So then, like a, a, a rookie running back that does well, I'm like, oh, he's a young running back, he's a good player, but he's going to keep on doing well. No, Ezekiel Elliott's a different story. Assuming if he stays healthy, there's not you, know, you see no issues there. Yeah. But with some of these guys like Howard, where he kind of comes out of nowhere. Um, not totally out of nowhere, but uh, I can see that, too. I can see the downside. Let me just bring this up, too, because I'm just looking at this, this ADP right now, and, man, I'm seeing, you know, the, the top three running backs in the draft. Uh, the, sorry, am I invading your personal yeah, space? Yeah, you're putting your hand over on my half of the trying, What I'm trying to do is take over the conversation yeah, physically you're, right you're now. You're alphaing the, yeah, the studio. Yeah, totally alphaing. I'm, if, there's a letter, if there's a letter in the Greek alphabet before alpha, that's what I'm doing right now. I'm a beta co-host over here. So the top three choices in, in FFPC drafts, and really all drafts, have been you know Johnson, Bell, and Elliott. Then after that, and McCoy uh, is, is solidly in the, in the first round. He's actually been creeping up. It's something I want to get into later on in the show. You look at the, the guys that are going, running backs, going after McCoy right now um, in the first and second round, and, man, I can see some red flags sticking out of all these guys. You have Devontae, Devontae Freeman, who is it'll be his first year without Kyle Shanahan. Okay, maybe that's a minor thing. And you look at Melvin Gordon, who was really touchdown dependent last year. You have Jordan Howard, who we already talked about potentially having a sophomore slump. Jay Ajayi, who John Rozak, and many others, by the way, are not fans of this year. He's a question mark this second round. You have DeMarco Murray going in the second. And Derrick Henry, it seems like every time I look at ADP, that guy's creeped up another half round. So, I mean, there's question. And he fell off the face of the earth last year where Henry got a lot of carries. Uh, so you look at him. And then Todd Gurley, my God, I don't need to bring up anything about him. We all know what he's capable of not doing. These are all running backs going after the top four. That's so why for, they're going there. So for anybody who's like, ah, maybe I'll go with the receiver in the first round. I'll get my running back in the second. Yikes. 
rethink that. Make sure that that's what you want to do because right now I have, I have a lot of concerns with that. Get Gore and Doug Martin in the seventh. Yeah, hell yeah. And Fournette <laughs> in the third and just ship it. So, John, do you remember what, what year did we actually meet? What, do you remember the first year we met? Uh, probably one of the maybe year two or three of the uh, old Wyckoff, so what? whatever that was, 2000. Was it, yeah, was it, did you go to the Riviera? The Riviera? Were you at the Riviera? Yeah. yeah, I was. Do you remember the orange zebra that they had at the Riviera that I had? Had the what? I, I drank. I bought some orange Zima there. I don't know if you had met me at the time, but I was very impressed because the bar. I was normally a drinker of Zima, and the bar had orange Zima behind the bar, so I decided to drink it. And uh, you know, a lot of people made fun of me the whole night. But I was just wanted. I was bringing this up because they re-released Zima, and I wanted to know if you were aware of this. No, I did not know that, and I don't remember the orange Zima. I think it was probably one of the years, like year three or four, when they had their, you know, Hall of Fame or whatever type leagues where. You know, all we did was drink the whole time during them. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That was yeah. We we both we had some early success in WCOP. I think we were met probably in one yeah one of those Hall of Fame whatever. I bowl, forgot about those. One of those leagues. Those yeah. were actually pretty fun. You know, especially if you're drinking. Emil and Lenny, those guys knew how to run a high stakes contest. Moving on, do we have a question here? Okay, so anyway. <laughs> all right. Here's an early round <laughs> bus for FFTC leagues and a late round sleeper. You're trying to nab in as many drafts as you can. I think I already hit on the early round or uh, bust is Jordan Howard. I see him going, you know, anywhere from you know, late first, early second. I think I already hit on um, the fact that I don't like him. I definitely see him having that sophomore slump. Um, nice. For a late round sleeper, um, Marlon Mack, I think he's going to be a stud this year. Takeover for Fred Gore. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you had me. Yeah, you had me going too. Thanks, you wound up. <laughs> uh, no, I heard you guys earlier on. Uh, I'm actually hit the same guy there. A guy that I've been taking late is uh, Perriman and some of those third-year receivers, being like Perriman and White, and some of these other guys that are falling to that you know 12 to 15th round, depending on the draft. I can uh, definitely see those guys far outperforming what they're doing. I think that's interesting because a lot of people, you know, people are kind of getting used to the second-year receiver, you know, receivers yeah. coming out as a second-year player and really doing well. But they forget that, you know, for so long it was the third-year breakout. And Perriman and White are absolutely great candidates. And cheaply, they're cheap prices. Why not? Take a shot at them. Then Amari Cooper. Maybe we'll see some, Maybe you see that guy show something finally. Finally. Yeah, just getting this. really sick of that, too. I think we were all spoiled, too, by that Evans, Beckham, Watkins, um, Cooks yeah. year. You know, like, yeah. oh, now the second-year breakout is the first-year breakout. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's like expecting the best, uh, you know, right away from all these guys. Well, we got... We expected the best tonight on the show. We got more than the best. John, thank you so much uh, for, for joining us tonight. We really appreciated uh, you coming on and uh, dishing about how your drafts have been going this year. We will uh, watch you uh, with bated breath, checking out all your picks on the Pros versus Joe's draft uh, coming up uh, at the end of July. That'll be a lot of fun. And we will uh, see you in Kentucky, too. It's, it's, uh, it's all happening. At the table. As they say, see you at the table. John, thanks so much for coming on tonight, man. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. John Rozek, the FFPC 2016 $2,500 auction champion, cashed a cool 12500 for that. Won a lot more money. I, I don't mean to poo-poo the, the rest of his uh, successful 2016. Won a lot of money last year. So. Yeah, he's a phenomenal player. The, the Hall- champs. A very, a very deserved Hall of Famer. Even, yeah. if, even if it's a virtual Toyota Hall of Fame, right. I don't think there's really a complex. You know who he's he is? pretty awesome, though. To be you honest. know who he was inducted with? 
Uh, Kimra? Kimra Schlesher. Was yeah. there only, I mean. Now there's other people like the guy who like founded fantasy football and then there's other people that got inducted. Some Jagoff. Who, but, all right, all right, listen. All right, I'm sorry, Mr. Sir. If you're well, the, I mean, you don't need to like. Some guy who no one cares about, but. All right. It's not like after they, Double Day or okay, anything. But, okay, but like. James Naismith. Okay, fine. You're fine. Go ahead. You're, no, you're right. Uh, so, um, so he uh, was in, was inducted into that, and that that was very cool. That was back. He's actually been in there for like five or six years now. So nice. he's like a Hall of Fame emeritus. <laughs> so yeah. that jacket for the picture, has that got the jacket? Oh yeah, the, if, you, if you're jacket? yeah, if you, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I I think he got it from the network, Dave. Um, the uh, <laughs> Where'd you get that yeah, uh, <laughs> a lot of people thought Bob Cutback Davis was going to be inducted into the Fantasy Football Hall of Fame. All right, so moving on, we, uh, we, we have to get to your emails and tweets. I want to thank John Rosak for coming on. We're going to take a uh, quick break and come back. More with the Dizzle and Jess Piccoli right here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. You are listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network, specifically the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. My name is Eric Balkman. He is the Dizzle. Dave Gerzak, and it is time to get to all of your tweets, all of your emails, in a little segment we call Fantasy Feedback. If you've got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest, send them a tweet at HSFFHour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's high stakes fantasy football at gmail.com or at HSFF hour on Twitter. Dave, starting things, I'm like not even lobbing softballs at you like I normally do um, with, with, this, uh, with this segment with some of the emails we get. But we have a, a heavy hitting format, FFPC format question uh, to lead things off uh, this week. This is from John, does not give where he's from. Uh, Balky, you say, and this stems to the email that I had sent out um, um, advertising the FFPC VP cash leagues in the victory points format. Um, a lot of people, we've, we've talked about victory points on the show. Um, anyway, I'll get into the email. Balky, you say that the victory point format is the FFPC's most popular format, and I agree in general that it is the best, most fair format for determining playoff seating, et cetera. Most popular. Well, that's what it says on our website. Uh, why, then, are the main event and football guys' leagues not in this format? IMO, which means for, uh, in my opinion... <laughs> Uh, victory points format is the superior format to the current record total points, uh, record total points format. Love the show. Thanks, John. So thanks for the email, John. Dave, I think we've actually addressed this on the show previously, but we probably haven't in a couple of years. The reasoning behind not having the VP format for the FPC and the main event is fill in the blank. Well, there's a number of reasons, Eric. All right. <laughs> I didn't realize there's a number of reasons, but okay. I mean, really, I mean, really. We don't like to make things more complicated than they should be. Because if you're trying to get new people to play, right? You don't right. want to just always have the same, like, 50 or 60 guys like some other companies in contact. You know, we don't need to just I'm going to put it right in the ground, just Balky. Answer I'm the just question. kidding. So <laughs> my point being, Jeez. you don't need to make it more complicated than it has to be. Okay. Make it fantasy football. Make it similar to your home format. And most home formats are not a victory point, convoluted, what the hell is VP? How do I get the points? Right. Why isn't this showing up in the right spot? A whole bunch of questions that we don't want to have to give answers to. Right. Make it kind of keep it simple, stupid type of thing. Yeah. And and the other thing is, too, like, yes, VP is, is probably, I mean, you can look at it from the aspect that it's more fair. Well, you can also look at the other aspect. Some it, people hate it, actually. There are some people who hate it. And you can also look at the others, the, the current way that the main event, the FPC, is structured. A lot of people have said that's more fair. And granted, those people are probably not VP fans. 
Um, but it's also easier to follow, I think, for the main event in FPC, FPC like live scoring and stuff. Sure. You're trying to win. And trying to put up points. That's all that matters. Yeah, okay. What does team, you know. Okay, he's, he's got this. So I could finish yeah. in the top third here. But if this happens, then, oh, he's got two guys going on Monday night. So I could actually fall. But, yeah. you know, and then it just gets in. It's, so do I make the playoffs or not? I mean, people right. are, I, well, I don't even know. I mean, right. Who knows? Yeah. So I, I agree. I, I think that it's, uh, it's an easier format to, to understand for people who are just uh, starting off. With the main event and football guys, I, think, I, mean, I think it's I think it's I think it's very compelling. You and I both play in VP like leagues. It's not like we hate them. Yeah, I like them. But it's not like it's I don't I don't sit there and be like it's not like so great that I oh right. I had thirty VPs this year in this league and I just love it so much. It's so great. It's yeah. fine. Sometimes it sucks. Sometimes it does suck. It does suck. Where you, where you well, have, the real Leroy, not a fan of VPs. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. Or you have a lot of points and you and you actually your head to head record is not so great but it wasn't quite the right amount of points at the right time right and all of a sudden your vps your victory points weren't that good but you might, maybe you were the third highest scoring team in, in the overall thing you still didn't make the playoffs I feel, I feel like two packer in carrington last year had that happen like four or five weeks in where he was like the second highest scoring team in the league but he had like three victory points yeah i it, didn't understand it it does happen it does happen from time to time i don't time. know how but Jim in Salt Lake City, Utah. What's your take on Joe Mixon this year? To me, he is a really good bet to finish as a top 10 running back, and he's not being drafted that way at all. Thanks, guys. That is Jim in the SLC UT. Uh, One of the top places to retire, they say. Salt Lake City, really? Yeah. Oh, interesting. I wonder why that is. Is it the skiing? Is it the multiple wives? What's the attraction there? (laughs) Yeah, I forgot the, the polygamy. I don't, I don't, I forgot the polygamy. I don't cool, think, man. I don't, is polygamy still, yeah, it's fine. I don't think that's kosher. You don't like drinking that much, but you can have, you know. Yeah. You can't drink anymore, but you can have as many wives as you want. You're Mormon, you can. And, yeah, and uh, we, we've got Christians great Christians can't do that. We've got, a, uh, we've got a lake you can jump into and you just float. Because <laughs> all the salt in it. I think the weather's pretty point. good. So, Joe Mixon, um. We, uh, again, a player that we haven't talked a ton about going at the 402 in drafts right now. He's the 15th running back off the board. Dave, I agree. It's probably not massively too low, but I think it is too low. I think so, too, actually. I don't mind that pick at all. I think, you know, Jeremy, people don't like Jeremy Hill. I agree with that. I'm not a big fan. And Gio, they're talking about him being on the pup list or whatever, not being recovered. So I think it's Mixon's job. It's Mixon's job to lose. Yeah, uh, guys that are going uh, ahead of, of Joe Mixon right now in drafts. Isaiah Kroll is getting a lot of love. I think I'd rather have Mixon than him. Uh, Lamar Miller going ahead of him. I'd rather have Mixon than uh, Lamar Miller. And then you get into that cavalcade of the, the second-round uh, minefield that I already touched on with Howard, Ajayi, Murray, Gurley, all those guys. Basically, if you're a running back and your name ends in an E sound and you're going in the second round, there's, there's issues there. You really are hating on that second round. I don't know. It's just I didn't even realize it until I was looking at it tonight. I'm like, my gosh. No, and they could be awesome, and I'm sure some of them will be awesome. But I'm saying, like, I'm not seeing the same warts for for those. Obviously, the running backs going before them, I'm not seeing the same warts on. Hey, Balky, that's weird. The guys who are better are going before those guys in the (laughs) second round. They're going in the first? Yeah. Well, you come for the hard-hitting analysis, and I'm giving it to you tonight. And you are on the wrong show. Yeah. Howard in Berkeley, California. Any love for the Rams tight ends? I think both could be pretty valuable. Nice place to retire. I think, but <laughs> I'm just trying to be a jerk now. Like, oh, I'm sorry. That, that's uh, Jamal from Compton, California. I misread that. How about that place to retire? Compton's pretty solid. Yeah, it's improving. Lovely in the fall. You got to see the leaves of Compton in the fall. Now is the time to buy property. <laughs> yeah, so it can only go up. Okay. Any love for the Rams tight ends? I think both could be pretty valuable at their current spots if McVeigh really is going to feature that position in his offense. Thank you for the email, Howard. Uh, now, okay. 
truth be told, these guys are not being drafted high right now. Uh, Tyler Higby, the 16-12, and Gerald Everett not going to the final round of football guys drafts right now, the 2002. But you look at those two guys, to me, Dave, I don't know how you fall on this, but if I was on a tight end premium uh, format, 12-team, 20-round, I'd like to have three, at least three tight ends on my team. Yep. Okay? So you look at Higby and Everett, to me, those represent guys who I would be happy with as my third tight end. And maybe Everett I'd be okay with as my third tight end, but Higby definitely is my third tight end in the 16th round. Book it. You know, from, you know, I like, you know how I, I've said before, I like to sometimes go with the uh, you know, three junkie tight ends format or style of drafting if I didn't get anybody early. I think Higby, Higby and Everett, to me, are not good enough to be my third tight end. I mean, I just don't, I don't. Oh, yeah. Yeah, good point. If you're taking them all bang, 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 like in that yeah, like single-digit, double-digit round area. Even, you know? Yeah, even if I'm going to wait till the 13th or 14th, I'd like to get somebody better than Higby as my third junkie guy. That's interesting. Okay, well, I, I, mean, I think these two, I mean, the team's not that great. They're not going to score a ton of points. Everett could take some, something from them. And Higby wasn't that great last year. So, I mean, you got to at least show something last year. I didn't, th- I didn't think he did well enough at all. Jesse James, Dwayne Allen, guys you'd rather have than uh, Tyler Higby? Not much more. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm just looking at this. Like, as far as you go to the junkie tight end approach, you have Zach Miller going in at 13th, Jared Cook and Antonio Gates at the end of the 12th. And it's, 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 it's pretty brutal. Maybe you want to upgrade your junk I might, at tight end. I might, my junk Too much junk better. in the trunk at tight end. Charles Clay, man, it's getting rough. Uh, you had Evan Ingram going in the 11th, David See, this Njoku. Is a, you know, this is FFPC style. So right. It's like, um, yeah, where's Witten? So there was Witten. He, what is he? Where's he? What's Witten's he? at the 908 right now. You know what? I might not go three junkie tight ends in FFPC format. So maybe one. Fedorowicz. Fedorowicz is interesting. Yeah, you seem to like him this year. Fedorowicz and Hooper, I would look at those guys. Yeah, I like Hooper, too, in the 10th round. Hooper's Hooper's better because he doesn't have to worry about another tight end coming on. He's got a good good quarterback, Matt Ryan. Who are you talking? He's better than who? I think, you know, like Higby, for example. I mean, oh, okay. Higby has to worry about Everett still, you know, getting... Well, Hooper's going six rounds earlier, too, so I agree. Well, I, yeah, yeah, okay, I get it, but I'm just yeah. saying I, I'd rather invest earlier picks. Okay, all right, fair enough. Let's move on to the uh, next email here that I have, and it is from John in Saginaw, Michigan. He writes, Dear Art and Deshaun, how far will Jamison Crowder shoot up draft boards now that we know he's starting with Pryor and Doxon as the third receiver? Uh, HTTR, I believe that's Hail to the Redskins, John in Saginaw, Michigan. Uh, Jamison Crowder. Now, this is interesting. I don't know if – I love football guys. They're, they're the best. Do you? Yeah, I do. They're uh, you're, amazing. You're a big fan of the podcast and the emails. Well, the emails. Joe and David are great I don't know if you noticed this in the email this week, one of the daily emails that went out, but in the same email they had an update on how Doxon was expected to be the, the number two receiver, but then they also had a, a thing in there saying that Crowder is expected – uh, to start over Doxton, and they said a report that Doxton would be starting uh, came out earlier in the week. But it was in the same email. It's just sort of bizarre. So, there, listen, it's super early. Fake news. We're, we're going to find out. But um, Jamison Crowder, dude, another guy that is going up draft boards. He's going at the 609 right now. I think he is uh, going to be heavily targeted in that offense. You know, I was listening just to bring this up. I like up. Crowder, but that's pricey. 609? Yeah. That's know. not cheap, dude. That's, speaking of dudes, that's not. Oh, cheap. he could also catch like eighty plus passes. I don't think that's. I don't think that's an exorbitant price to pay to use your six round pick on Crowder. So you're so you're if he catches eighty plus passes, he's the number one receiver on the Redskins. I would assume so. Yes. So he's better than Pryor. Gets more yes. targets and does better than Pryor. Yeah. Okay. I mean, is Pryor's being drafted before Crowder right now? Right. Uh, let me take a look, Dave. I can do that, that general with the vicinity, uh, I thought. magic of uh, four oh nine. For prior. Yeah. Wow. 
I guess I'm just not on board with prior. Okay, so here's – and maybe this is poisoning my mind a little bit. I was listening to the Kentucky Fantasy Football uh, podcast. With, well, that's uh, poisoning your mind. Hold on, just listen. I'm going to just bring this up. <laughs> I'm not with, serious, I'm just with Rob about. Fetcher and Farrell Elliott. Yeah, and just, and they, were ta- they were talking about the Washington offense. Yeah. And Rob uh, Fetcher was talking about how he liked prior this year, thought he was going to have a good year. And uh, uh, he, it, but the, there's going to be an adjustment to Washington's offense because it's a very precision pass offense. You've got to be in the right spot at the right time. And, uh, and Farrell's like, what offense does Pryor have to learn? He's just going to run straight. Like, Farrell is just not convinced that Pryor is, you know. Is a full, full player. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been playing receiver that long, too. Remember, he's a, he's a quarterback for how many years? He, he kind of bounced around moonlighting as a quarterback and a receiver. he came into the NFL when he was 24? I don't know. I don't know when he came into the NFL. But listen, he wasn't always a, re- a full-time receiver for every year in the NFL. So I guess I'm a little unconvinced that Pryor is all of a sudden going to step. And they signed him to a one-year deal, by the way. It's not like they wanted to lock him up. Deal. He's trying to prove it. You know, maybe it's like Do you want to put five on Pryor? Sure, I'll take Pryor over your boy. Pryor? Well, okay, obviously you're going to take him over Crowder. Yes. All right, I'm giving you two rounds of value. Yeah, okay, I want so, the record right, to show so that. Take it easy. What do you want me to give you? I'll, I'll wait. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how we would do it. Some number of receptions or some yards? 150 yards for, for, for prior 100 yards. What do you want? Okay. Okay. Want? Okay. 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 Here we go. I have Jamison Crowder plus <laughs> a plus or, or some receptions. I don't know. No, let's do receptions. Okay. Let's do rece- I feel that's a little bit. Well, hang on. So Crowder's the guy who's going to get all the receptions. That's what I've been saying. So let's do yards. Let's do yards. No, because Pryor's... Pryor's going to get fantasy points. I'm sorry. This okay, is a, yeah. This, is, this could be better radio. Of, Have we actually planned it? Speaking it shows of keep the show is not yeah, planned. It's totally organic. Keep, speaking of keep it simple, stupid. Right. Okay, so fantasy points. Pryor versus Crowder, and I don't know. 20. Okay. 24. Okay. 20, 20 24, whatever. Okay, well, okay, let's just do 22. Because right. it's totally random and it's <laughs> totally our show. So I have Jamison Crowder plus 22 fantasy points this year. I got five on it. I have Terrell, the great Terrell here. Weighing 22 fantasy points, and there's five dollars. Now, did you want to put a bet? Can I can I, can I take Mayweather? And uh, you can, but it's not going to be versus me. Conor McGregor. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> I'm not touching that man. I just. Uh, I'll, you know, I think I'm gonna. I'm gonna think I'm gonna bet Mayweather minus like the 700 just for this easy money. I feel like seventy grand. I, then what I feel you like you're jinxing, jinxing yourself. Like Did you see the the guy who placed a hundred twenty five thousand dollar bet on the Warriors at the William Hill? What? I thought it was more. Th- this is William Hill. Okay. Um, there was another. I don't know what. Uh, there was one that was. Oh, Shady McCoy. Yeah. What a, about, like, 200, 200 grand, grand or something yeah. like that. Yeah. Um, that was good. Yeah, and uh, five thirty eight had the Warriors as ninety percent to win. Yeah. So if they're not laying nine hundred, you're you're, right. you're doing well. And so the guy at William Hill. 125 and he won 47 grand. That's great. That's. I wish I had thought of that. You can think about. I don't have that much listen, money laying around. The great thing about the NBA is the Warriors are going to be in the finals next year, so you'll have a similar opportunity to bet them at heavy odds. <laughs> I'm still I'm, I'm still invested in the Rite Aid stock. I'm praying for it to to actually have that merger go through. Thanks a lot, Walgreens. Jake in McKinney, Texas. Dear Dave and Bulky, if he must, are you still riding the Corey Coleman wave? I know you talked about liking him in Dynasty, but what do you think for his prospects this year? That is Jake in McKinney, Texas. Corey Coleman, Dave, you want to take a guess at where he's going in drafts? Uh, 507. He is going at the 1009. <laughs> is he really? you got to be loving you some Corey Coleman <laughs> at that. Yeah, 1009. you got to be loving him at you know, that I, spot. I, th- I think I was just thinking of Terrell Pryor and that he'd be gone. So, well, right. Yeah, I do like Corey Coleman a lot at the 1009. For, for redraft purposes. Absolutely. Um, I mean, why not? They, you, they, let, okay, they let a guy, Terrell Pryor, yeah. who's going in the fourth round, yeah. go to some other team. They're like, eh, yeah, you can have him. 
the, 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 okay, to bring up Briar's age again, though, it, do you think that that speaks more to their youth movement rather than uh, a belief in or non-belief in his talent? Maybe, but Pryor was not expensive. He was like three, four million dollar contract one year, and he is twenty seven. Oh, it was more than that, dude. It had to be more than that. You call me dude twice tonight, which I don't mind. All right, man. <laughs> dude. All right, I'll bet you. Uh, I'll bet you five dollars that his contract is four million or less. I, I got, I got, I got. Okay, one year. One year, four million or less. I have Wait, one, one. No, million. It might be six, but I'll still bet. I'll, I'll go over six. I'll go over six. Yeah. Let's make it five. Okay, I'll go over five. All right, we can actually verify this bet pretty much instantly. Twelve prior contract. Okay, well, hold on. Let's let's make it. Are you looking it up? Cause, yeah, sure. Okay, Rob can push the buttons here. So I got five on Terrell Pryor signing a one-year, more than $5 million deal this year. Yeah, I got $5 million. I got $5 what is this around $5 million? Oh, $5 million. If it's exactly five, we might be off. All right. Uh, all right, so you, you win. No, it wasn't. $6 million base, $2 million signing balls. Yikes. Oh, so, okay, it was eight, I was thinking it was like 8 or $9 million. Wow, that's yeah. a lot. Damn. Okay. Damn, bulky. All right, five. So that is... For the good guy. Excellent. Okay. So I pay $5 to do the show, so I, I broke even on the show. I guess. Corey <laughs> Coleman, you're loving him in the 10th round. Yeah, I do, actually. All right, moving on. Are you guys loving up on anyone in particular in the Washington ground game? How should I attack this fantasy pocket of goodness in my drafts? TIA, that's Daryl and Providence, Rhode Island. The Redskins? Uh, Redskins, Samaji Pete. Yeah, Matt Jones sucks. He's well, yeah, okay, so the, here's, the, here's the guys I would be looking at for Redskins running backs. Samaji Piran at the 902, Fat Rob Kelly, not so Fat Rob Kelly at the 1003, <laughs> and um, Chris Thompson at the 1602, who is the only pass catcher of the three. <laughs> <laughs> so which one do you like there? Or the the a safe answer could be I don't like the value of any of those guys. So Thompson at the 1603, Piran at the 902, and Kelly at the 1003. Uh, yes. Um, I don't know. You're not clearly not liking I'm any not, of them. I'm not all that, yeah, I'm not all that excited about any of them. I I'm not either. I'm, I'm, I probably would not be taking Thompson in the 16th round. I feel like, yeah, I feel like I feel it's a little bit early for P. Ryan. I feel like Kelly, that's a little bit, it's a little disconcerting. You know, he's going later. I don't know. It's, I don't like Kelly that much, so I don't know. I don't like P. Ryan all that much either. It's just I to me, I'm, like, I think I'm out. Yeah. I think I'm going somewhere. Else. I am, uh, I get that. Listen, going back to Gore and we, Martin. Yeah, we've talked about how all the great uh, receiver values uh, in the ninth, tenth round. We just talked about the tight ends that you could get in the ninth, tenth round uh, too. So there, there are other avenues uh, to uh, to make your draft successful than taking uh, P. Ryan or Kelly on the ninth or tenth. Uh, okay, last email of the night, Dave. This is an important one. This is from Brenna USO4. Special plates unit, Wisconsin DOT. Oh, wait. Yeah, right, so we have an update we, on this. We got this back. All right, let's hear it. Hello, your choice <laughs> is available. Thank you for using the special plates unit email. If you have any further questions, please feel free to ask. <laughs> that was like, what so was name? Brina. Brina. It's cut off, but it's B-R-Y-N-A. Oh, nice. So maybe Brina. Right. It's Brina, right? Yeah, some parents had fun with the Y-N-A. Zero RB. Teachers didn't like that all the whole entire right. grade school yeah. career, you know. Zero RB for Lyft. Is available in Wisconsin. What was the one that someone else had one? Meyer had one? RB. Oh, he wanted to check on uh, p- punt, punt RB for, for lift or, or something. I can't remember yeah. what his was. Yeah. So, uh, but Tupac so, had so one. How, okay, so the, the zero RB for, for lift. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's pretty good. So it's available. One of us needs to get it, but we have to sort of believe that first. 
I'm going to check. Maybe Sean one. Siegel should get that. I'm going to check on one myself this weekend. Z I M A space L V R. Yeah, Zima liver. <laughs> Lover. Oh, I just liver. You drink so much Zima, your liver shot. That's possible too. Kentucky team name 2017. Orange, you glad Zima's back. <laughs> Aren't you, aren't you glad I didn't say banana? No, that's another good one. That's going to do it for our show, thankfully, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks to John Rozak, Dave Gerzak, the FFP Zach, Rob, Bryce, and, of course, all of you for uh, tuning in this Friday night or listening uh, on Saturday to the uh, Fantasy Sports Radio Network feed of our show. Make your planet Hollywood reservations right now. The rooms are filling up fast. Sign up for the main event draft now with the Sats and Dino and the FPC. Take advantage of that Father's Day promotion. Buy a 250 league this weekend. Get a free $35 league. It's craziness, but uh, it's all for you. Happy Father's Day to my dad and all the dads out there. Next week, career $30,000 FFPC winner and 2017 Pros vs. Joe's competitor Dan Thomas is going to be our guest on the show. Scott Engel and the Fantasy Hall of Fame Hour is up next on Fantasy. Your weekend officially starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk with you again next week. Tim again, the sound that engine in is like a bird. You see fireworks and Corvette tire skirt, the boulevard. I know how you work, I know just who you are. See, use a, use a, use a bitch, you almost probably switch inside your DNA. You know, an interesting license plate would be for me, since I love the KFFSC so much, and you can fit seven digits on there, yep. it would be KY Lover, because I love Kentucky. <laughs> yeah. You think KY Lover is out there? I don't know if they would accept that, Mr. KY. Do you know. think that there there could be a different meaning? Yeah. Uh, so. All right. So maybe no maybe you just saved uh, saved me from embarrassing myself once again. You thanks, thanks to Dave Gerzak. I'm not going to get it.